We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow back within 24 hours talking <laughs> to you again about the Dallas Mavericks. And for the second time in 2022, the Dallas Mavericks have won tonight, uh, winning their first uh, home game of the brand new year, defeating the Denver Nuggets 103 to 89. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the Mavericks back over 500 for the first time in what feels like a long long time and pretty pretty impressive win uh i mean all things considered i know denver is is struggling with their roster right now but uh, mavericks took care of business which was shockingly refreshing shockingly refreshing is is the accurate descriptor of of what happened there tonight so if i'm looking at the last time they were above 500 because they played like flat out 500 basketball like they would win one lose Mm -hmm. a few God, I'm going through this. The last time they're above 500 legitimately seems to be, my goodness, uh, December 13th. So it's been three weeks, which tends to coincide with Luca being out, but it's been kind of a kind of a herky jerky ride. So they beat the Nuggets, who might be the most injury, like legitimate injury laden team in the league. Like lots of teams have COVID issues or have had COVID issues. Like the Nuggets, like their their pets' heads are falling off. Like it's bad. <laughs> The the Mavs showed a roster and it went like or showed their roster and who was out and they had like Michael Porter Jr. out with spine and then like Vladimir or whatever isn't it Vladimir Kankar I just butchered this these the Slovenians are gonna murder me um the the one of the one of the Nuggets bench guys um hurt his ankle or something Vlatko what's wrong with me um <laughs> Vlatko Kankar. 
um, hurt himself in the game and what looked to be like an at, like not an ankle roll, like an actual injury. So like things just kind of kept piling up for the nuggets and Austin rivers also hurt himself. And it's just, you know, the Mavericks took really took advantage. Um, the, the score was closer than the game felt at times. Cause basically, you know, Nikola Jokic put the nuggets on his back a few times, but it just wasn't enough. And then in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks hit three straight threes, which just blew the game open. Um, and it was over and it was, it was a nice, it was a nice win. I, I, you know, really feels like one of the better wins against a better team, but the nuggets are so hurt. I don't know what uh, that's not exactly right. I don't know. I, I, (laughs) this was just a, it was, it was a nice game to watch despite like being in the mud for, for a significant stretch. Yeah, I mean, usually I think what's nice about it is the Mavericks usually don't win these types of games, right? When mm. when things are ugly and they kind of have to win it with defense. I mean, it was all defense for them. I mean, their offense was was a little inconsistent. Um, I say that, and they hit thir- you know thirty eight percent of their threes, fourteen of thirty seven. It felt worse than that number because Luca and Brunson had really bad shooting nights tonight. Uh, but basically, every other Mavericks player but them had had a productive offensive game uh except for tim hardaway jr um <laughs> which uh, i mean at this point yeah, like yeah tim, I mean, tim having a positive game is is i don't even know how to talk about tim but it was yeah. it was something it was it was it, really weird to watch it, like there you pointed out something yesterday we didn't talk about it on the podcast you basically said something about how like maxi didn't take a two-point shot and then tonight he drove he had an ant like he had some like like driving attempts like just some interesting weird basketball going on like Reggie Bullock finished a the third quarter with like a a fast break layup where it was very clear all of the Nuggets thought he was going to shoot a jumper Mm -hmm. um it's just uh, you know Brown Sterling Brown with a couple of interesting drives like just some kind of funky play that worked out in the Mavericks uh advantage yeah and they had 12 steals and five blocks which that's a combined 17 stocks uh, as we like to to call that um i gotta imagine that's one of their highest numbers of the season and maybe one of their highest numbers in the Doncic era i mean the one thing they've been known for you know I'm, their defense hasn't been great in the Doncic era but it hasn't been like horrible but the thing that we've always kind of lamented about it is that it's not a very aggressive attacking defense and they just didn't make a lot of splashy plays well they made a ton of them tonight i mean kleba had two blocks and two steals all on his own he was great defensively um donchitz had four steals of his own he seemed much more active on that end of the floor despite uh his poor shooting night uh it's seemingly every every player contributed in some way or shape or form on the defensive end and Man, the Nuggets outside of Jokic, it was just they, they're just not very good outside of Jokic right now. And mm-hmm. but the Mavericks made sure that those guys didn't do. It. I mean, those guys probably you know weren't doing anything on their own, but the Mavericks were also making sure that you know that that nothing was going to happen there. I mean, it was very clear that it was like, okay, Jokic, don't let us get beat by Campazzo and Austin Rivers and Jamichael Green. Uh, and those guys did not decidedly did not beat them. I mean, Will Barton had seven turnovers on his own, shot four of twelve from the field. So I, I thought it was a really good defensive effort. Some of it maybe played in by Denver's roster situation, but 
uh, I think a lot of credit goes to how the Mavericks played on that end of the floor. Yeah, and and it's funny, Jokic is just not of he's just not this kind of guy, but he probably should have shot the ball. I'm looking at the box score where to go. He shot the ball 18 times. He should have shot it 35 times. Like the yeah. Mavericks couldn't do anything about him. I mean, he was 11 of 18 from the floor. He missed some threes, but he was kind of like his his natural inclination is to wheel and deal a little bit, and he just should have punished. Like they're what the Mavericks can't do anything about Jokic. Like, let's be real here. He 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 does a lot of the Dirk, like Dirk 20, 2006 to like 2011 stuff when he really gets cooking, like the 10 to 12 footers, but a lot more of a bull than yeah. Dirk ever was. And it's just, it, it's just not his game to do that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, maybe he's tired, whatever, but it was, it was, it was fun to watch the Mavericks, like figure something out in that regard. They also finished the number of plays on the break. Which, if you've watched <laughs> this team, and I I don't know what their rate is now, but at one point, the Mavericks were one of the worst fast break teams in the league. Like, it says the 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 the, the team stats thing, I, I'm only seeing two points, two fast break points, but, like, they were getting, you know, they had 14 points off of turnovers. And so, like, I guess it's how some of this stuff is categorized, but it was, it was really, you know, it, it was, it was something, um, with with what the Mavericks were doing I just I don't know I, I liked watching this game I didn't keep a close eye on it as I can I'm kind of thinking about our our like stuff we're doing with dark or dark coverage the next several <laughs> days um but it was I really had fun watching like Luca make some of the crisp passes like really delivering in, into like shooting pockets um watching you know Reggie Bullock finally hit three-pointers like more than he really where's where's his he was Bullock was four of eight which you know the some of the like one of the threes he took was like mm-hmm. such a hilarious like wing three that went over the rim like far side but like what he when he was catching and, sh- and shooting within the flow of the offense like good shot attempts i that was that was tonight was like an example of the reggie bullock we we were told we were getting if that makes sense yeah i mean since he came back from uh the protocols uh, against sacramento on new year's eve uh he's shooting just a shade over 50 percent from three um what is it he is nine of uh 17 i think from three uh i mean my math might be wrong but he's he's hit nine three-pointers in three games which feels like a revelation for him this season uh and especially you know we were hoping for the december turnaround knowing his his career his career stats and uh he shot 31 percent from three in December, which was a little alarming, but I mean, these are the three best games he's played in a row all season by far. Uh, and so, you know, something I noticed tonight, I don't know if you noticed it, but I think the last couple games, his shot looks, he's getting more air under his shot. Mm-hmm. It looks like his shot looked especially flat in the first three months of the season. And this is horrendous. Yes. The, it, it's like, like the Porzingis is the greatest example of this that I can think of for a map who shoots a vault, like high volume. Like when Porzingis' threes are off, they might as well be turnovers because they careen off the rim with such force because he's not <laughs> a high arc shooter. And Bullock, you know, some of his shots were just kind of the same thing where it's just like they're absolute torpedoes where it's like clang. And it's like when, when his shot's going down, though, it makes the net pop. It's real loud. Like it was, it was, it is something that is just a really enjoyable part of the part of the game tonight for me. Just, just for for that. Yeah, totally. And I mean, basically every other Mavericks role player played really well. Uh, Powell had 15 points in 27 minutes. 
Uh, he's quietly been putting together a, a decent season. I mean, I, he's still not doing. I mean, he had three rebounds in 27 minutes, so like he's still doing the Dwight Powell things that are annoying. But at least he's scoring. Uh, he's which killing is, me with these three pointers because for anyone who's followed me for a long time, there was a stretch where he went like 55 games and shot in the neighborhood of like 20 percent and it was a it was one of those years where they were emphasizing him shooting the three and he just never could hit it and tonight he hits a corner three with with Jokic who is one of the league's better defenders despite what you may have heard uh closing on him like a you know just in a charge it was outstanding yeah uh it's yeah it's been nice and uh I mean, now do we pivot to Marquise Chris, who looked okay in 16 minutes, but he didn't really do much. Two points, no rebounds. Maybe kind of came back down to earth after mm. the uh, uh, Oklahoma City game. But he had a really nice block on Jokic. Um, uh, and what, was it on Jokic or was it on? Was, I can't uh, remember who Bobo. it was on. It was oh, Bobo. a Bobol. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and I, something I noticed. I know I'm kind of scatterbrained right now. That's okay. Me too. Um, when Chris Chris and Green shared the floor a decent amount, and I yeah, some I don't of the think pl- that's something you can do. No, I you know they weren't they weren't necessarily productive in those for that entire time. But I mean, the athleticism the Mavericks had was just it was noticeable, and I think it just says a lot about where this roster is that those two guys playing makes that much of a difference. But like, I mean, it was just it was just nice to see the Mavericks have more options to be athletic which is not something they've had in the last couple of years, because think about the bench, the bench situation, the Mavericks have had the last two seasons. They've really, they really haven't had guys uh, like Chris and like green. I mean, they had green, but he was just never going to play, you know, like it's just, it's nice to see, you know, if these guys coming off the bench aren't necessarily going to be, you know, big, big time scorers or, or have like a, a certain basketball skill, like just the fact that they're athletic as all get out is just, refreshing to watch i mean that might be more of an entertainment and aesthetic point of view but it was it was just nice like to see the mavericks not overwhelmed athletically when those two guys were on the floor even if you know they do some stupid things like chris fouled a three-point shooter you know he kind of always has an untimely foul or two every game so sure it is what it is i just it was just an observation just it just was nice yeah yeah and it you know this is another minor observation but with dorian finney smith getting into foul trouble he's been such an important player for the Mavericks for almost a month and a half now. Um, one of the few guys to really play, you know, th- he never got COVID, did he? I don't uh, think he did. Do, I don't think he did. Yeah, so he's been one of the few stalwarts along with Brunson who's just kind of been through it. And for them to play and win a game rather convincingly where he only played 18 minutes is really nice. Uh, his it's It's just... It's developing these moments of depth. I mean, the the you know, I, have we talked about Josh Green at all? Like Josh Green had seventeen weird minutes. He at least you know hit three or four shots, but he he didn't really like he didn't really do anything else. But it's just it, at certain points in time, you need guys to soak up minutes without kicking the shit out of you, and, yeah, and that's what those two guys did. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's a lot of that going on within the the Mavs roster these past several weeks, which is you know, why they've managed to to kind of play 500 basketball. And if there's like hope on them building something for the future, it's got to be the fact that they've just, you know, last night I mentioned this where it's the, it's the, the, uh, 
Tibbs quote about, oh, you always got to give it more minutes, more minutes, you know, more, more games, more games. And by the, you know, you keep doing that and all of a sudden the season's over. But they're just kind of, you know, the fact that they beat Denver, they now own that series win, which is going to, I think, could be important for Huge. playoff seating. Yes. Like, just really valuable. It, even if they're, you know, kind of in the 7-8, you know, 6-7-8 morass, like, I don't think Denver's necessarily getting a huge bump unless Jamal Murray comes back, which he might. Um, and that sort of thing just is is valuable as the season goes along. And yeah, this was this is just kind of one of those wins where, you know, I think a lot of us, our heads, at least my head, my head is thinking ahead to Wednesday. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just like focused on this third game because it completely kind of, you know, I, I, I've known about it, obviously, just as long as everybody else has, but I've not really done anything for our coverage because it's just it's it's we're getting through the holidays and now here we are and and this game was just one to sort of get through i i'm glad they won it it makes me it makes me feel a little more comfortable about the fact that like golden state who is playing like one of the best teams on you know the multiverse right now if golden state absolutely mows them down <laughs> i'm not gonna like they they you know that's okay they getting they these last two wins they they needed to get these last two wins knowing yeah. what's on the horizon yeah and sure. if they win i'll be pleasantly pleasantly surprised right that's that's kind of the way to look at it and you know i think i was i was i'm just wondering you know i think the last thing we should probably talk about is luca and his kind of weird game in the sense that like he was really good in terms of like when he was on the floor he was controlling the game 15 assists three turnovers, uh, a stark difference in his passing from the last game against OKC. Uh, he still didn't shoot well, seven of 18, one of six from three. But he finally, in the fourth quarter, got some like drives going and, and was making some shots around the basket, which was nice to see. So he got to the free throw line eight times. So that, I think you know it wasn't all the way back for Luka, but it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, no, and that's that's sort of what you need. Um, I had one of our longtime followers shoot me a message today and he was just like, I'm, I find myself frustrated about the, the, the Luka Doncic and fitness conversation. Like it's, it's just frustrating to me because I think he basically said he feels like at times, not necessarily us, but also us are sort of picking on Luka with this regard. And there's a lot of things that are working against Luka that were outside of his control. And the guy's right. I, I, I do have to state that because it's, you know, whether or not Luca came into into camp heavy, which he did, is is that's just one thing. Like, there's lots of things that play into this, and you know, it's like the ankle roll was an unfortunate thing. Like when Austin Rivers hurt him, and then he he probably spent two weeks getting into better shape because he does look better. Like his face and his there's there's he's he's such a you know my wife points this out because she notices this with our son because Luca's still so young. Like he sometimes looks like very different like day to day. Um, and, and he, he looks better w within like his arm definition and some of that. So he clearly dropped a little bit of weight, but then he probably wasn't able to exercise for a week and a half when he gets COVID, um, whether or not he felt bad or not, he just probably really wasn't allowed to, you know, he wasn't probably to quarantine. So it's not like he's allowed to be on the Mavs facility and I'm just sort of spitballing right now. So when he talked about <laughs> last night, how his chest was burning, like, <laughs> It's like, okay, okay, you know, maybe he just needs time. Like, tonight he really did look um, – I, I hear what you're saying on the burst. I just yeah. – I, I just, for me, I've almost tabled that as a thing for 2023. I And I could be yeah. wrong. Maybe he'll get it back because it's like by the time they played the Clippers last year in the playoffs, he was a force. And yes. I think that's kind of what's so frustrating for us where it's just 
if he commits himself to doing this, he's gonna be a world beater. He just has to do it. Yeah. And, you know, again, judging Luca without Kristaps, who is in health and safety protocols, um, which makes a wild difference in how he kind of operates on the floor and how much space he has. Uh, you know, I know Maxi kind of helps a little bit, but again, teams don't guard Maxi like they guard Kristaps for, for a very variety of reasons. Uh, and I think, you know, with Kristaps not on the floor, that kind of makes things harder for him. And then that makes it harder to judge, like, is it fitness or is it scheme or like what's going on? So, like, I think these games without KP might be, might get a little ugly on the offensive side just because of the spacing issues. And that doesn't always mean it's Luca's fault, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah, no, it totally does. I mean, and I do, there, this is something to watch as things evolve, but they have gone away from some of the cooler stuff they were doing on offense. There's still more cutting, but Luca and Brunson just pound the shit out of the ball sometimes. And <laughs> it's really, I, I get it, Jalen and Luca, both of them, your herky jerky cool moves are there. Can we do something else when, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm at this, we've reached the nitpicking point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is time to go. <laughs> <laughs> they just won by 14. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this has been fun. We will have a couple days off and we will um, be back Wednesday night, probably after the Dirk retirement ceremony. Uh, and then, you know, that'll be a late night for everybody involved, but uh, it'll be fun. So everybody should watch that and enjoy it. You got anything else before we get out of here? Man, I don't. Uh, just let's enjoy the Dirk retirement ceremony. Hope the Mavericks can give somewhat of a spirited effort, and we'll go from there. All right. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe with Mads Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you in a couple of days. Everyone have a good Tuesday and Wednesday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.